Welcome. This podcast is called A Life of Learning. Over the years I've pursued many hobbies, interests, pastimes and sports. And what I aim to do here is to share all my experiences so that it may help you lead a life where you are always learning and constantly challenging yourself. Hi Sabrina, how are you? Hi Reggie, I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good, all good. Right, we're going to talk about a subject that's really close to my heart. I think it's close to your heart as well. Talent, yes, talent versus hard work. Now, um, I want to start with what do we think of when we see someone that is so-called talented what you know images and words come to mind when we when we see that when we see a person well when we see somebody talented we think there's something special about them yeah um that they have some sort of innate specialness and ability that other people regular mere mortals wouldn't have yeah um i've also got gifted Mm. uh, natural born with Yep. And desire, I've always put uh, de- uh, destined to be great oh, because yes. of <laughs> because of their so-called natural talent. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that's another thing, it comes easy to them because they're talented. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other, any other, any other words that you'd uh, d- d- describe? Uh, I think that last one where you say it, uh, it comes easy, that's the one that sticks more than anything. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And uh, do, do you think you've got any examples of um, of people that you know that are so called talented? You know, that, that at the top of their field. Well, um, the other day you mentioned Tiger Woods, who was yeah. at the, the top of his field in um, golfing. But what, you were telling me about him. Yeah, I mean, okay, he was right. He was exposed. Well, everyone would say that he's got natural talent. Because, yeah. you know, he's far and above probably one of the greatest golfers to ever mm-hmm. live. And he started um, when he was really young. I mean, he started when he was about, uh, you know, three or four years old, you know, and he was mm-hmm. playing golf at, at that level. But he, his dad basically cultivated him at a, a young age. You know, apparently when he was six months old, he was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was exposed to uh videos of uh, uh, people um you know swinging the golf club and stuff like that so his whole life was immersed in in golf his dad basically from the beginning wanted to train him up to be you know the one of the greatest golfers to ever live so his 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 um his background his um his, his life was always centered around golf mm. so you know now you know, he was born into that environment. Now, if he was born into another environment, could he have been good at something else? Maybe. Mm. But, you know, essentially he was, you know, he was brought up in this environment and it was golf, 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 golf. So he won a lot of tournaments, um, you know, at early age. But one thing that he did do, did have, was the drive to work hard, to, mm. you know, to practice hard, to do deliberate practice, to, you know, to, 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 
do things and practice more and longer than anyone else. And I think that's what really sets him apart. Okay, yeah, he had the opportunity and he was brought up in that environment, but he put a lot of hard work in. And you can, you know, you hear interviews and, you know, his words were, I worked my butt off. And, you know, those are the things he would say a lot. So that's one example of a so-called person that's got natural talent. Mm. So, yeah, have you got any of other? Uh, I mean, there's loads I, of other examples. But, I was yeah, thinking about Mozart yeah. and he yes. was very much the same, considered uh, a musical genius, a child yeah. prodigy. Yes. Uh, again, from the age of like three years old, his like his dad trained him up. Um, it It is... Like, I think it wouldn't be nearly as impressive if people knew how much, um, how many resources and how much time and practice, um, you know, pe- like people such as Mozart had. Yeah. Um, and it, if anything, it makes for a grander story uh, to say that there was somehow some sort of innate greatness that was within them. But yeah. um, I think it's more like it, it, if he did have talent, then the talent would be a seed and it's the nurturing, uh, like the watering and the plant food and the, like all of that is what makes that talent emerge. And for, for a person that would be, you know, uh, time spent, it would be having the mentors or the teachers that would teach you about something as well. Um, It's about like, practice but deliberate practice of like trying to get better at something these are like these are very much the same things so yeah if there is uh such a a thing as like you know having great ability like that talent is only that seed the practice and the effort is 95 percent of uh of what people like can achieve yeah Yeah. and 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 let's face it you know talent is slightly more of a sexier word than hard work and practice (laughs) (laughs) oh yes Uh, somewhat I don't know I don't know why hard work doesn't sound sexy I don't know yeah yeah and and I think um one time I think I spoke to you and you said it's not just it's it's, okay it's hard work it's work sometimes it's not hard it's and I think hard probably doesn't um glamorize it enough even work doesn't glamorize it enough (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true you know I suppose we need to come up with ways of describing that sort of like that journey that process where you have to go through to put in those hours in because work and hard are not those words that people like to hear maybe (laughs) deliberate work yeah work I think work is you know (laughs) because work has connotations of working so you know Um, I I never thought we'd talk about this but (laughs) Uh, conscientious effort I don't know conscious effort some more about uh, having your mind set on something and practicing it yeah 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 maybe we can we can discover some new phrasing on hard work and maybe come up with something uh, that makes it a little bit more easier for people to uh yeah uh, yeah, for people to use yeah so you mentioned about um I mean, you know, with the deliberate practice and uh, uh, and, uh, and that, would what 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 in terms of how would you describe deliberate practice? Um, you know, for something that you've done, um, mm. in terms of you know any of the pursuits that you've done. Well, like Toastmasters would be a good example. Yes. Um, 
when I joined, I I was not good. Yeah. <laughs> not good. I didn't have any, I didn't like being, in, I, uh, I would hesitate a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I get very nervous, uh, mm-hmm. stuck in my head. Um, my words would not want to come out. And I wasn't able to order. Like, there was so much uh, anxiety kind of mm-hmm. coursing through my veins that I couldn't concentrate on the words that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I joined. And in the back of my, my head, I thought oh, I, I had people that inspired me. I saw a great, there was a, uh, a great speaker that was at the, the club that I first visited and uh, his name is Ian Hawkins and when I saw him I just thought man if only I could be like him you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to be him and uh, I thought if I keep coming maybe some of that will rub off on me yeah. and uh, so that's that's why I went and my my progress was like it wasn't easy at all. It, yeah. it, it was like maybe 1%, 2% improvement. It yeah. really wasn't, I did not in, enjoy it. And maybe, uh, maybe in a separate episode, we'll talk about like w- where the biggest gains are for yeah, sure. public speaking or the psychology of it. Because yeah. for me, a lot, uh, I'd say 90% of it was a mental block rather than, you know, f- you know, physically being able to speak or anything yeah. like that, it was mental. Um, but uh, I kept going because I had a good community, like supportive friends. Yeah. Uh, and I had people that I could learn from. And I was always getting that feedback. And yeah. so I would hear the feedback and then adjust what I was doing so that next time I was a little bit better. So I think that comes practice. So yeah. Actually, honestly, the first couple of years, it was hard, hard hearing that feedback. Yes. yes. And um, it's because when people told me things I did wrong, I would take it as proof of how bad a speaker I was. Yes. Yes. So they say, oh, you hesitate too much. And I think, oh, you know, I guess it's just not me. You know, I'll, there's something innate in me, which is which means that I'm never going to be a good speaker. Yeah. Other people were born with it, but I'm not. Yeah, um, and would you say that negative? That sorry, that not negative. That that it feedback, was negative. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, well it, yeah, that feedback that you had, it was almost saying, right, I need to sort of like practice and do things outside my comfort zone. Well, uh, th- there wasn't anything wrong with that feedback. It's more how mm-hmm. I perceived it. Interpret- yeah. Sure. So, um, I, I I myself as if I. Uh, I was a fixed thing. So I, I would hear aspects of what I did that was not good, or that mm-hmm. you know, was not effective, uh, hesitations, you know, whatever. And I would yeah. take that, oh, I'm not a good speaker. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I failed or I'm a mm-hmm. failure. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that changed after I read um, Carol Dweck. She wrote a mm-hmm. book called Mindset and she talked about growth versus fixed fixed yeah. mindsets yeah and people have a fixed mindset they think they are a certain way yeah and that's how I was taking it, as if I was fixed I'm a bad I'm a bad speaker <laughs> it's not yeah. going to be possible and so these things are kind of painful and hard to hear yeah yeah and when I when I heard when I read that book um I 
like she says to consider a, um, a growth mindset, mm-hmm. which is um, to not think of yourself as a failure. It, it's more to think of how you can, to know that it's attainable and yeah. just, and it's not fixed. And nine, like 90% of what you want can just be like done through practice. And, yeah. and I realized in another area of my life, cooking, mm-hmm. I had that growth mindset. So yeah. when I made a recipe and it turned out wrong, uh, I, you know, I tried it out for the first time and let's say an omelet and it burnt. I, mm-hmm. I had no problems with that. I didn't think, oh, I'm a terrible cook. I just yeah. thought, oh, that, that didn't work out. Um, mm-hmm. What can I do differently and how can I fix it next time? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and actually I thought, oh, like that is very much the growth mindset. So if I was, if I had that same kind of mindset when I did the public speaking, what would that look like? So yeah. when somebody says, oh, um, you know, you hesitate too much, I would think, okay, so what can I do next time? So mm-hmm. why don't I practice it a few more times so that yeah. words come more easily? And so it becomes more of a problem solving exercise instead of an exercise in shame and like blaming yourself and all these other things. So mm-hmm. it it shifted how I looked at things in this area. Yeah. And it's very possible that you have a, like you, you might have fixed and growth mindsets in different areas and it's a spectrum. It's not a, it's not binary either. So I, I just looked at my, my perspective was, um, was very fixed in this area. And when I started thinking about it that way, that opened up a whole new world for me. And this yeah. was um, three or four years into doing Toastmasters. And once I started thinking like in a problem solving mode, like how can I get better? Those, um, that feedback, it didn't feel like it, like little wounds being inflicted. It was, oh, a little bit like nuggets of information, you know, it was, oh, that's that, you know, some, and it wasn't necessarily easy. Sometimes I had to kind of let my emotions kind of pass over me and then just think about it dispassionately. And that, that took practice uh, honestly that took practice as well yeah um but it gets easier and yeah. so now when i get they say um you know th- that that bit didn't work out well or you maybe you want to try this a bit differently uh, yeah. i think okay that, that's fine i can i can try that and there's no i, I don't make it mean anything about myself yeah so um since yeah. i started doing that my my performance like rocketed yeah my my abilities you know um and actually it made me feel okay with making mistakes and like we've talked about this before if if you don't leave any room for failure <laughs> then you just never improve anything it, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't give you that freedom you never get better because you're uh-huh. just so kind of like knotted up so this is one area where like thinking about um just that uh that mindset of like you know like deliberate practice that made all the difference yeah yeah and 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 you know if you'd come in with oh these people were talented they were born that way so I've got no chance I mean if you come in with that attitude then you're never really because you it's because you you don't know what they've gone through to get to where they are yes you just see the end product and you know I'm in a weird situation now where um I, I, I've, you know, I've, I 
have gotten better. And uh, about a week ago, I was at a meeting and uh, somebody evaluated me and they said, oh, Sabrina, she's a seasoned speaker. And I thought, when did the hell, (laughs) when when did that happen? At what point did people decide I'm a seasoned speaker as as opposed to, you know, some novice or a newbie or just a, you know, speaker? Like who decides? And it, it happens overnight. And the perception, people talking as if I'm a fixed thing in the seasoned category, whereas <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't feel that way. But it's just, uh, and people coming in now to meetings are going to have a have an idea of like, oh, Sabrina's just that way. But they have absolutely no idea <laughs> of all the rubbish <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the things all, all the little uh improvements uh the weeks and weeks of like trying things out they, they don't know and and they yeah. have a false perception and when I, I some i've seen this after meetings and I've, i see people that are nervous and i know exactly how they feel you know scared <laughs> nervous but in a part of them is hopeful and i want to like, i want to shake them and well and say no 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 it's um it's all i was possible. like you yeah, I was like I was, you. And, and it's true. And it does open things up. I was them. I know exactly how they feel. Um, mm-hmm. And I know what's possible. And the only difference is I've been there long enough to be able to see not just me, but everybody else go through the same metamorphosis. Yes. And it's just through, like, just practice. Is it? Just yeah. through practice. Yeah. Yeah. Put, putting the hours in that yeah. really is it does come down to that yeah uh yeah so yeah so you know like i said you know if people come in with that attitude because i think they use i think people use the word talent to stop them from going on and doing the uh, you know and carrying on doing their thing if you see what i mean or you know taking up some new pursuit they say well this guy's talented and i haven't got hands wire coordination oh i can't read i'm not intelligent intelligence mm-hmm. is you know it's something that you're born with i'm not intelligent so i'm not going to be able to do that I'm not going to be able to do this. And mm. they use that as an excuse. And I see that and I hear that so yeah. much. Yeah. So much. But as a scanner, we don't have that mindset, do we? <laughs> as oh, scanners. Like, <laughs> uh, some, in, like in this area, I, I, I didn't have that mindset. I had to sure. shift it. Um, yeah. But uh, for many other areas, so like I, I would have that, I would have it. Yeah, but generally we would find a way, kind of find a way around it, though, wouldn't we? In, uh, you know, because we would use, you know, the skills and the experiences that we've had. Like you said, yes. for the cooking, you use that cooking experience for your yeah. Toastmasters experience. Mm. Uh, so, definitely. Yeah. Are there areas where you've kind of had a, like, gone through this, uh, you know, this deliberate practice yeah yeah well the deliberate practice I mean I did I played golf for um, 15 years and I got down to a single figure um, uh, handicap which is you know which is which which is really really a good a good golf level and in terms of deliberate practice I mean I used to um, practice my putting every single day so Mm -hmm. I'd get up in the morning and maybe hit five or six different parts uh, a day you mm-hmm. know and that was you know and that's that's 
that's part of the deliberate practice because you know that's the area of the game where you need to improve on and then I, um, I had a coach and he said that if you're when you're closer to the hole if you're 80 yards 90 yards 100 yards you need to know what type of shot you're going to hit because if you can get close then you know you convert in three shots into two shots so um uh, so i used to probably once a week when i um, maybe maybe two or three times a month uh, i would go to uh, a particular uh, practice area and i would practice shots from 80 yards from 60 yards from 50 yards from 100 yards so when i was actually on the course i knew the type of shot that i would want to hit in that situation so that was deliberate practice because it was specific and it was an area of the game which i was weak at and you know uh so so that was that was really being specific mm. and working on you know an area of the game where i needed to improve on and i found out that all the other lower handicap golfers knew the type of shot they were going to hit at those various distances so in terms of sort of like really drilling down into you know sort of like the areas of your game it's it's working on your weaknesses it's stepping outside your comfort zone and it's just putting that hard work in and that mm. really that really paid off not straight away it paid off you know over a period of a you know of a, of a few years mm. So that would be definitely one area. And in, 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 in talking in terms of my conversations with people, you know, like you said that people, you, they said that you were a seasoned Toastmaster. I'll give you two examples. I was on the um, train on the underground. I was doing a Rubik's Cube. And this guy said, oh, you're really intelligent. I goes, no, I'm, I'm not. I've just practiced, you know, learning the algorithms, mm. and and I just, I just, I've been doing it four or five years. So when you see me doing it quick, you know, it's because I've been doing it for four or five years. He goes, yeah, but you've got to be intelligent. I goes, no, and it was, it was a case of, I'm not sure if I've said this story before, but anyway, but he said that, yeah, but you're intelligent. I don't think I, and he said, I don't think I can do it. And I said, mm. well, I, I can do it. My daughter can do it my son can do it and he goes yeah but your sons and daughters must be really intelligent and I thought I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna get I'm not, I, I couldn't really get into this but I thought no let's just leave it because obviously he doesn't want to believe that he can do it and mm. it's, it doesn't come down to intelligence it just comes down to putting the time in and you know just tons and tons and tons of practice and the same thing for the juggling people would come up to me because I juggle in the park mm -hmm. and people would come up to me and, and parents would say oh look at that man over there he's really clever he's really intelligent and you know if they would engage into conversation with me I'd just say it's just practice it really is you've seen me drop you know, the club so many times it is just loads and loads and loads of practice and deliberate practice, practicing with my left hand with my mm. right hand and things like that. And uh, so those are the, those would be in terms of, you know, people saying I'm intelligent. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think it comes to that. It comes to more deliberate practice and passion and motivation. I think yeah. those things that we should really, um, include you had the passion Tiger Woods had the passion yeah. you know all these other people had the passion and the motivation to you know to grind through the you know the sort of like the low points yeah. and, you know, come out for it the other end to get through that plateau yeah yes Definitely. yes 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 so um, you know I think in terms of um, 
you know, that deliberate practice and that hard work, I think that just goes without saying. You speak to all the, um, you know, the famous people and, uh, you know, I can't remember if it was a quote. I think I'm, I won't even give, the, I could say the quote, I won't even say who said it, but it said, you know, over, over, it took a long time to get over my success. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you've reminded me of um, a quote that I saw um, about this guy, uh, this American guy. His name is Johnny Kim, and he's mm-hmm. a Navy SEAL, a doctor, and an astronaut. Wow. And uh, <laughs> he says, I'm not gifted. I'm not smarter than anybody, uh, everybody else. I'm not stronger. I just have the ability to stick to a plan and not quit. And yeah. yeah yeah again that's not really a sexy quote is it it's not, <laughs> it's not. It's, you know it's, it's not you know it, they people want to hear well I got up in the morning and I decided to become an astronaut and yeah. you know and and that was it it didn't take me long it, I found mm. it really easy I was gifted I was naturally intelligent I really didn't even have to work that hard but I managed to get through it that's what people want to hear but yeah I don't know anyone that says that <laughs> it's it's kind of hard because like in one respect it gives people a get out clause so that they if they don't achieve something it's because they can say well you know I I just didn't have it in me or it's uh it's kind of a get out clause in some respect but uh also it makes for a more more of a dramatic storyline to say it that way and I, I can't remember who said it, but it's something along the lines of, or if they knew how hard I had to work at this to, you know, to yeah. achieve this, nobody would be impressed. Yes. And um, it's true. Why do we think, you know, when we see somebody do it well, why does it kind of detract from the value if you found out that they spent, you know, 50 hours working on it? Like if somebody yeah. did a, a, somebody just like went up and did it well versus somebody who spent 50 hours and did it well, why is why is uh, that work kind of detract from yeah. the, their output? I, I don't. I, I don't know. Isn't, isn't something as um, described? You know, someone picks up a guitar for the first time and plays it, and they play really well. That is, you know, that is a story, isn't it? It it is. But it never happens. <laughs> it's a. Well, it's only a story. It's not no, real life. No, actually, we did see that once. Uh, do you remember? We uh, we were both at one of your juggling meetups, yeah. And um, as as happens at every meetup uh, that we had, like sooner or later, you'll have a stranger walking by, and they'll say, "Oh, can I have a go?" And there was a father son, uh, father and son that were walking by, oh, and yeah. they uh, we welcomed them. They joined in and just picked up, and he was juggling effortlessly. And we obviously assumed that he'd, you know, this he was practiced or he'd done it many times before and he just said no this is my first time and um like it is impressive but uh but i'll tell you what that doesn't happen very often that's it it doesn't happen very often yeah that's that's one in a i mean i think that's the only time it's happened since i've been juggling in the past that's the only time i've seen that happen yeah (laughs) and you know what i can appreciate that but i can also appreciate people that can do it well yeah like having done the practice as well like having and that's something that I'm I've been uh, like keeping an eye out for because 
it's also changing the way that I look at things and, you know, giving value to one area, like, yeah, the person that can do it effortlessly. Whereas if anything, um, the the amount of dedication, uh, the time spent, like the person who's worked at it deserves more respect, really, don't they? Yes. Oh, no, for for sure. For sure, for sure. I mean, it is impressive when you see someone, I don't know, pick things up easily. Now, that word picking things up easily, you don't know this guy might have been doing something kind of similar. You know, I tell you what, it's funny you should say what you just said. There was a guy in the park this summer, he was with his two daughters, and I said, why don't you come, because his daughters wanted to juggle, and I said, why don't you juggle? And he, when I finished with him in terms of juggling, he he was able to juggle three balls. Mm-hmm. Not Nothing great, but he was able to juggle, and that was in the space of an hour, yeah? But mm-hmm. then I found out that he played cricket, and mm-hmm. when he was playing cricket, when he was, uh, what was it called, um when he was waiting for something whatever he'd have the balls in his hand and he would just subconsciously just throw them uh, one across the other and stuff like that but he didn't consider it juggling it was just passing the time while he was waiting for something to happen yeah. so then i think ah right so that's why he's picked it up because yeah he played he was playing with his balls all the time <laughs> yeah he was playing cricket he was, doing cr- <laughs> he was cricket from from from, the, from a young age yeah yeah and he was so so we don't know what that person was doing before that that's true Uh, and that that's a good point being able to pick things up there might be many other similar things that people have done so this is one thing i've noticed um like being a scanner is sometimes it seems that i pick things up super easily but often it's i've had a i've um practiced in a kind of related field so for example uh, um you know developing I started uh, since I started the juggling I've noticed that my hand-eye coordination is just better in a lot of other areas um and I I I wanted to learn how to which you know it was one of those things I've uh, I thought you know practice over the summer whilst we're in lockdown and Mm -hmm. I noticed that I was a lot better (laughs) Yeah. this year than any other year yeah um and i think it's down to like practicing the juggling and it was more obvious when uh when we were able to meet up in um like socially distant distanced picnics um yeah. i was practicing like playing with some other people yeah and i was way better and if they saw me they would just assume oh yeah. you know and if they asked me i it hadn't been i hadn't done much frisbeeing but yeah. they wouldn't know that oh i've spent hours practicing yes. juggling or some something else other skill so, yeah 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 no no I, I totally agree with it because some skills are transferable so mm. you know that you know that that person that maybe came onto the guitar may have played the ukulele before mm. who knows you just see what i mean it's it's uh but yeah there are some there may be some people that do pick things up quickly but yeah. i think uh and and we have seen that but yeah you know when you look at their background and speak to them you think okay well if they've played you cricket, then yeah I have seen a couple of times uh, people come um, to Toastmasters and sometimes they have to do a, like a spontaneous uh, speaking. Yeah. So you get a random topic and you, they talk about it for a minute and a minute and a half. And um, uh, sometimes you get speakers that are absolutely like outstanding and they, they give something that's very moving, very rousing and you like leave thinking well. And quite often, uh, not all the time, but uh, if I have a chat with them later, like 
often a, like one person, he was a professor and he had that talk like a <laughs> yeah. hundred times, you know, yes. in great detail, but yes. he never mentioned that. Uh, I mean, he kept that very much on, uh, in the quiet because he yeah, didn't want people to know that yeah, because sure. it was more impressive for people to think he's just somebody that walked in off the street and could de- deliver uh, a very, um, Uh, exactly very polished talk never mind that he'd spent hours and hours you know doing something very similar but he didn't want people to know that it's only by accident that I found out that that information and uh it's funny that even he he knew that uh like he'd rather keep that quiet see and that's so people don't want to say people don't want to hear me in the park then say oh red uh, sorry I've done hundreds and hundreds of hours of practice they don't want to hear that they just want to hear oh I just came to the park I picked up these clubs and I just started juggling that's what we want to hear well uh, so this is the thing (laughs) this is the the myth that I want to dispel so when people come and if I if they see me do something well I tell them no I was rubbish (laughs) and I'm less rubbish now because I came here because that's the truth and that's inspiring in a different way because they think by see by being truthful they think you know what it's possible for me and that's all i want is yeah. for people to know what's possible yeah that narrative is better isn't it mm. Th- you know because if you keep telling people oh, i've just come to the I've, I've 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 just played started playing golf and i can shoot a really good score you know th- that's that's gonna d- d- demoralize people because they know that oh i don't think i can do that and they'll yeah. think boy that's really impressive but that's not the case it's you know the I mean I always say to anyone if no matter what I've done is it all comes down to practice loads and loads they may not want to hear it but it just comes down to practice and I said you can do it as well because Mm -hmm. you know I started off you know not great um so yeah and and I know you want to dispel you know dispel this myth both of us want to do it because we're we're, I don't know this is quite a a, a, a passionate subject for us isn't it <laughs> yeah it is and it, mm. I guess uh in the last few years I've spent a lot of time undoing let's say false beliefs or false narratives that I had and uh like I yeah I want other people to be free of them as well like yeah because it opens up a whole bunch of doors if uh if you've had if you have dreams of uh, certain skills that you want to have or a certain kind of person that you want to be that's all open to you um, but you have to believe it's possible and if you've yeah. already shut those doors before you even start then you're like yeah it, it's, yeah it's gonna make you unhappy yeah that that belief is is really important because if you do believe that the talent myth Mm. then you're not going to be able to do anything but if you believe that you can get good by putting the hours in mm. and uh you know over a, you know a period of time then you can you can do absolutely anything yeah absolutely anything yeah and like the real I, I guess the real gold is if you can make uh, if you can make the process of learning enjoyable so yes. you, you enjoy that middle bit because if you're not going to enjoy the in between, it's you know that there's that cliche. It's about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, you can make the yeah. journey enjoyable. It kind of doesn't matter if you get there or not. You've had fun along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
for sure. And I think, um, you know, over the next few podcasts, because we're going to be doing a, you know, a series of interviews yeah. with various people in different fields. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to be bringing this, you know, this, this sort of like topic up of talent and hard work. Mm. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to, um, we're just going to show what people have to go through in order to get to a particular you know particular level and we're not talking about you know sort of like you know the elite level of you know tiger woods and liardia da vinci and all those elite mm. levels we're just talking about you know doing well doing really good at, you know and being successful and you know and and, yeah. uh, and, and doing you know great things yeah. obviously you can get to that level if you put the hours in and stuff like that but you know the people that we're going to be interviewing are just like me and you yeah yep ordinary people yeah ordinary That's, people can I, do extraordinary things well, ordinary <laughs> and yet extraordinary yes um, to be clear so yes i think it's going to be uh, we're going to have some fun doing these interviews yeah, definitely. I'm going to look forward to it. And I'm definitely going to explore this area, um, yeah. um, you know, more. Okay. Um, I think we've covered everything that I would I like so to too. cover. Yeah, no, I yeah. really enjoyed this type because, uh, you know, this is something that, uh, as I said, we're both passionate about, like we've said. So, um, yeah, and we'll continue with this for sure. Yeah. I think this will be like just a recurring uh, yeah. theme because uh, we're talking about learning and this keeps kind of uh, this subject does it reappear for everything that we work on so yeah. uh, but I think it was worth covering yeah no definitely definitely okay thanks Sabrina thanks Reggie yeah speak to you later bye bye <laughs>